you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fingers on Buzzers. Let's go again. I'm excited today. Well, we're talking to one of my very favourite people. We're talking to Tim Vine today. Yay. Uh, all about Whittle. Whittle. Which I think is a neglected classic. I I've think been watching it's underrated. some YouTube and oh my goodness, there's a lot to talk about. Not least Tim's terrible jokes. They're wonderful jokes, well, they but they're are. also terrible at the same they're time. They're dad jokes, which yeah. is the best kind of joke. Uh, we'll also, on the subject of jokes and comedy, we're going to talk to Adam Bostock-Smith, who is one of the writers, but he doesn't write the questions. Oh, no. no. For The Chase and The Weakest Link, he writes the bunnies and the catchphrases. The and, zingers. In the case of The Weakest Link, the horrible insults <laughs> <laughs> that Anne Robinson used to make people wither with. Uh, and today we're also going to be discussing, well, we're going to be kind of teeing up what's going to be a regular feature on the show which is the history of quizzing Ooh. it's a big sub subject it really it's is. a big subject it's epic but over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at the history of quiz fantastic so all of that is coming up so jen over the next few weeks we are going to delve into the history of quizzing i thought actually we've talked a lot about the quizzes of yore mm. but we've never actually done a sort of investigation into how they all followed on from one another yeah so i've been doing a little bit of research I mean, how far back are we going? Are we going back to like Socratic method? Because I think that's the birth of quiz. Well, I mean, if we really want to stretch it out over the <laughs> over the podcast series, we could. But I was thinking more broadcast quizzing. Okay. So I was going to start. I mean, maybe we should talk about because the origin of the word quiz, of course, is contentious. Is contentious. So everyone at home will be sitting by their. I was going to say by their radios. We're not on the radios. <laughs> 
they're, they're, they're suddenly sit- sitting by by their radiogram, sitting by their radiograms, winding up the radiogram. Uh, but the people at home will be thinking, yes, we've heard the story, which was that. What was the name of the man? He was um, Daly. Uh, I'm uh, looking it up actually. Daly. <laughs> just, um, <laughs> he was a theatre manager in Dublin. Yes, and it was supposedly uh, a bet to popularise a, a brand new word. A nonsense word, yes. So he got a lot of urchins to run around and chalk the word quiz on walls and had the whole city talking about it. That's right. Um, apparently that's nonsense because, yes. you know, it, it was used, you know, 20 years before that because it's, it's sort of a... It, that's right. it, it was used to mean a, a, an eccentric... Person, well, that's it. Or so, someone who's a little bit of a bit weird or a puzzle. Yes, as far back as uh, 1782, Fanny Burney, in her diary entry for the 24th of June 1782, had used the word quiz to mean an odd or eccentric person. I think that describes quizzes. It really. does, absolutely, doesn't it? Weird. And um, quiz was also used as a name for a kind of toy, something oh. like a yo-yo, which was popular around 1790. But then this story was... Uh, publicised in 1875 in F.T. Porter's Gleanings and Reminiscences. He he said that in 1791, Richard Daly, the theatre proprietor, had, had done this bet. Um, so it seems it's a questionable. Story. But it's quite good that the origins of the word quiz are shrouded in mystery, that yeah. they are in themselves an enigma. So uh, luckily, the origins of broadcast quizzing are much more straightforward because they were recorded. So yeah. uh, we're going to start next week with the 1940s is where I thought I would go because yeah. that was the era when uh, American radio was in its absolute heyday mm. and the radio was filled with live quizzes, some of which, I have to be honest, are very, very long and mostly advertising. Isn't it funny how oh, things yeah. come full circle? Oh, yes. That it was all about the advertising. So we've got some radio quizzes. and, yeah, yeah, they all had jingles. All sponsored by car dealerships. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to start with that. Uh, and, of course, you know, some of the famous examples, the Groucho Marx, You Bet Your Life, which yeah. then transferred onto TV. Um, lots of them were, weren't even really quizzes. They were just like they'd interview someone. Panel show kind of yes. precursors. Just so it, there wasn't really there much was a gimmick, format. But yeah, yeah, there was no was... sort of actual format. So mm. then the format kind of starts to emerge in the 50s. So we'll sort of move into some of the British ones. Like we imported the $64,000 question. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, the 60s, the golden shot. That was when Question of Sport started, was in the Course, 1960s. Still can going. you believe that? I know. And then the 70s. Well, I thought with the 70s as well, we can move into talking about live quizzing because pub quizzing started to become a real mm. thing in Britain in the 1970s. Burns and Porter, no relation, <laughs> were the company that uh, popularised pub quizzes. Then we've got the 80s, which, I mean, we've covered the 80s quite a lot yeah. because that was very you got much... things like quiz machining started to come in. Exactly that. I remember the uh, the severe Big Break, I think, had big a quiz machine. machine. Yep. Uh, and then the 90s, when the prize limits were lifted. So you got things Ooh. like Raise the Roof, which we've discussed before, but, you know, that paved the way for Millionaire and all of those big money quizzes and then the noughties and then it brings us up to where we are right now so that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is having a deep delve into quizzing for profit yes quizzing for profit (laughs) and fun so uh, if anyone has any reminiscences of ye olden daisy quizzes then do let us know if you remember the oldest quiz book that you own i want to know that what's the oldest quiz book out there that's a great idea i'm pretty sure i've seen one in a shop that was from the 30s yeah which was it was questions and answers, and then there was a lot of 
them that were very politically incorrect. Yes. We you know, questions about the dark continent <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Well, even I've been re-watching some of the 80s quizzes and there is some stuff in there oh. that would make your hair curl as well. So, yeah, the attitudes have changed, but the, the desire for quizzing has not. So we shall be looking at the history of quiz. On the line, we have uh, someone who I know terribly well, and Jen, you do too. It's the wonderful comedy writer and the man every quiz show needs. It's Adam Bostock-Smith. Hello. Hello. Um, I was so, expecting that intro. Wasn't I know. <laughs> was that a bit oh, too much? Oh, it's hard to hear it. completely <laughs> thrown <laughs> me. I have no idea who you're talking about. Uh, well, we first met, I think, was it, were we doing the big breakfast or something? We were both jobbing uh, writers no, back in the day. It was, it was up at Granada. On, um, I was on a Shane Ritchie show and <gasps> you were on something for Carolina Hearn. That's right. You were doing Shane Ritchie's Love Me Do or uh, yeah, the Shane Ritchie one, Wedding Experience. Num- the, that, yeah, yeah, and the Lucky Numbers thing. Yeah, uh, But yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, now. it was. That was back in the 90s. Yeah. It was in the last millennium. And of course, you now work with Jen on The Chase. I do. Uh, wonderful it is too. And so say that. your job <laughs> is... Well... You, you know, you are just the right-hand man to every quiz show host, really, aren't you? Uh, well, <laughs> not all of them, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'll do bits and pieces. So you yes. will be... I'll go anywhere near the questions, but that's it. No, because we have on this show, we have on this podcast, we have spoken to question setters and to question verifiers and all the people who are on that side of things. But, of course, the entertainment aspect of a quiz is also very important. People want to laugh as they learn. And uh, <laughs> and that is where where you come in. In fact, because I remember encountering you when I was on the Weakest Link. Yes. And yeah. I didn't realise that you were working on it, and I saw a shadowy figure emerge <laughs> from Anne Robinson's tent. <laughs> and most of the people who emerged from Anne Robinson's tent were in tears and quaking, but you were absolutely fine. So talk us through what your what your job was on that. Uh, well, you had two, you had two bits of it. You do her kind of what they called the who slams, yes. uh, which were the kind of you know uh, who's the idiot in the pack or whatever, uh, which she used to say at the end of each round. Yes, and then you'd have all the biogs of all the contestants. So I'd sort of spend the night before going through all of those and just sort of fishing out the little bits that she could be uh, nasty to them about, really. <laughs> yeah, because it was a different time back then. We we needed a bit of cruelty in quizzing. Mm. We've swapped oh, God, back yeah, a yeah. bit to sort of friendly, happy, light, entertainmenty stuff. But it was quite... Because, I mean, I met her twice, once on The Weakest Link and then once on something else. And she was so delightful on uh, the test, The Nation was the other thing I did, and she was so lovely. And I think if I'd only met her on The Weakest Link, I would have thought that she was a bit of a dick um, <laughs> because she didn't break no, character. She, uh, yeah, no, she. I, I think she's brilliant and she was lovely and all of that sort of stuff. But she's, you know, her character on The Weakest Link was, um, yeah, a bit difficult, I suppose. <laughs> but she was nice to you and that's the main thing. And some of yeah, the... Well, she kind of, she just didn't suffer fools when, you know, if you work with her, you kind of just, you know, you did what you did and yes. pitched the lines to her. And if she liked them, she'd take them. And if she didn't, you shut up, you know. <laughs> You'd be sent away with your tail between your legs. Yeah, yeah. But there were some sort of classics. I mean, do you remember any that you were particularly proud of? Because I, I do always, like some of the, if anyone was, uh, I remember there was a beautician and she was like, oh, so you didn't have time to do your to do anything for yourself today then you know she was she was savage very yes yeah, so it was it yeah. was like the the professional school bully growing up 
never really yeah, stopped absolutely. finding the weak spot. And did you enjoy that aspect of it, Adam? <laughs> yeah, I, I loved every moment. I mean, we, she could be really, really awful to people. And, I mean, you just couldn't get away with it now with some of the stuff she says, you know. Um, yeah, because... Well, wouldn't be allowed. So. Like fat-shaming and, uh, you know, the, the physical, personal nature of the insults. Mm. Did you ever have yeah. to rein and, and yourselves just stuff in? What wouldn't kind of be a big deal now. I mean, she quite happily go on suggesting people were lesbians or whatever just because they worked in the prison service. And I mean, she, you just you just wouldn't do that anymore. No, so, isn't that uh, funny that yeah. it's? I mean, I suppose because back then it sort of didn't even really seem homophobic, or it was just sort of different times. Well, it was a, yeah. it was a yeah, it was a little bit kind of you know playground stuff. It wasn't really kind of I don't know I don't know. Well, from my point of view, it never felt like you were really. Um, you know, taking people apart, but I don't know. Well, people, people kept coming back were, on the show as well. Were. Yeah, people <laughs> were signing up because that was part of the experience. Oh, what's she going to get me on? You know, what's... I know, and actually you do watch it now and people do love it. You know, I mean, maybe, you know, there's a case that, you know, people shouldn't be oversensitive and actually it, there is Snowflakes. still something very funny about her just absolutely... There's one where there's just a very boring man on and she's so relentless about how boring he <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've I think to... people knew exactly what they were getting into and they, they really enjoy it. I mean, I, I think they really enjoyed it anyway. Most people did. I don't think there was ever a case of anyone being properly offended. No, I'd, no, no one stormed off, even even on the comedian special, where, you know, comedians are quite egotistical. We, uh, you know, even... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Phil Nickel got naked, as we, uh, as we just established. Last episode, didn't we? Uh, yes, <laughs> but that was about the worst thing that happened. But what a, what a contrast then. So going from horrible Anne Robinson, obviously not horrible in real life, but the horrible persona, to working with Bradley, who is sunshine in a jar, isn't he? Yes. Uh, oh, well, yeah, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's only nasty about the chases, really. So that's yes. kind of, yeah. You, you get know, to write the mean lines yeah. for the for the intros and keep them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never um, know what. I'm never mean. I'm never mean about you though, Jenny. I'm always nice about you. <laughs> well, I only find <laughs> out sometimes <laughs> well, uh, when the when the episodes aired. <laughs> <I> go, <gasps> <laughs> Shocking. No, no. I get. I think I get off quite lightly in comparison to the others because. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think um, Anne and Mark and. Sean have a fairly hard time of it. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, actually, it's funny, isn't it? Because I sort of I remember watching it and just thinking, oh, it's such a lovely, warm, cosy show. And then just those little barbs are actually quite nice. That yeah. it gives it a little bit of edge, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sort of plays up to their stereotypes, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah, we need to be taken down a little notch and then uh, built back up. <laughs> 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 and Bradley is, of course, a joy to work with. Yeah, Bradley's just brilliant. I mean, he is just great. He's, you know, he is what you see, you know. He's... Yeah, I know. I mean, people always say, it's funny, isn't it, when you work with people and there's uh, certain people that you just know that if if you said, oh, actually, no, they're not, you know, they're a bit up themselves or whatever, it would break people's hearts. And thank God Bradley is nice because, you know, it would be really awful <laughs> break, to have to It say, would break the hearts of oh millions. Oh, my God, but he is absolutely as lovely. It's one of the most common questions I get asked yeah. is, what's Bradley really like? And occasionally I just feel like going, he's an absolute git. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to <laughs> see he spits on you if he passes you in the street. Quite, well, it's extraordinary no. when you go and do the chase. And, like, because I did uh, one where there was an audience, you know, the, the celebrity special. Um, I'm a celebrity these days. And um, but the the audience like they gave him a standing ovation for about ten minutes at the start of the show. The studio audience. Yeah. I mean, the love is such 
it's just it's deservedly so. And they all bring their pepper pigs to. to yeah, throw the out Percy him. pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepper pigs. Yeah. Percy, Percy pigs. Bring pepper pigs. So it's all. I mean, all the lovely things you've done and brilliant things you've done. The weakest link and the chase. Obviously, working with lovely Bradley. Have, what have been the dark times in the light <laughs> entertainment? We've all got them. You know, when you work at the light entertainment coalface, uh, I did a few. I did a. Oh God, a show for Granada. What was that one called? The Inexplicable Quiz Show. Uh, what was the one that it was? Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I've done... Oh, <laughs> oh no, it was... Um, Baffle. Uh, no, it wasn't. Waffle. 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 Which should have been called Baffle. That, that was, the, was thing. the one. Waffle. Yeah. Waffle. Waffle. We've spoken about on this on this podcast, Adam, my time on Waffle, where I, was, I had to do the contestant chat. So I had to talk to the contestants and find their funny stories to then hand right. on to the host. Have you ever had to do that job? Uh, no, I haven't. They keep me away from kind of members of the public you know, <laughs> all the time. To mix never, with yeah. People. yeah, no, I don't go anywhere near them. <laughs> so, has there ever been a job that you've really dreaded? I mean, you don't need to name names. Oh, oh no, there's dozens of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only jobs you don't really enjoy, I suppose, are the stuff where there isn't much to do, and sometimes you do get. But that, you know, sometimes you get brought in the show, particularly if it's just starting, and they don't really know what they need a writer for, and then you know you can turn up and there isn't really a job there. Yeah. And that can be a bit, you know, you just sort of wander around what you do, wondering what you're doing there and just cashing the checks. Yes, um, yes, yes. And just uh, hiding in the corner of the studio. I've done that where you sort of think, maybe if I hide, <laughs> then they yeah, won't notice yeah. that I'm not really doing anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what do you think uh, a writer can bring? What, what do you think the main jobs of a writer on a quiz show are? What do you think well, about I, it? I mean, I suppose just on the, on the quiz shows I've done, I've not done loads and loads of it, but on those two, I mean, it is just those little moments of kind of building character. So whether it's just like the Chaser's character or it's kind of, uh, you know, Anne's character, it's just sort of, you know. Yes, it's world building, a, a, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just that little sort of junctions within the quiz, I suppose. And I suppose um, now with the, the nature of internet culture, those sort of zingers, so when you think back to The Weakest Link... Uh, and some of the bits on the chase, it's it's kind of about what's grabbable for little clips yeah. and sound bites, isn't it? So I guess, you know, do you feel a sense of victory if something that you've written goes viral? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure an awful lot that I have written has gone viral. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the few bits that people remember are always nice, you know. Um, and also, well, I suppose for you, the uh, making Bradley laugh is quite a... Yeah, if you can do that, if you can get a, actually, if you can get a laugh off the camera crew, that's always the best because you know <laughs> they set him off. <laughs> cynical bunch of ever. <laughs> oh god, yeah, they've seen everything, haven't they? Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're not, yeah, yeah, we're exactly. not laughing. Yeah. We've been here for three hours and we've not had any dinner, so uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all about the crew. It yeah. is. It's all about the yeah, crew. It well, is. Thank you so so much for talking to us, Adam, for your insight into the world of the writer, the the often neglected role. Of the right language, <laughs> always neglected. Hero. I think. Yeah. yeah, unsung hero. You should pay that man more. That's what we're saying, basically. Give that man a pay. Yeah, that, that, that's the takeaway from this. <laughs> it is absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to Thank us. You. Bye. All right, pleasure. It's time for the listener quiz. Beautiful. No, it wasn't. Uh, if you couldn't hear that, if you are. <laughs> Over the age of 40, probably yeah. couldn't hear the, uh, the, the top end of that. Quiz. 
That's uh, the listener quiz is coming up now. Quiz. <laughs> still no jingle. Another another week, still no jingle. But, uh, <laughs> but we do, we've got a listener quiz. And what's lovely about this is it's following on from last week when we were talking about our nemesises. 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 Uh, and somebody else, in fact, not just anybody, Aaron Jackson. Only Aaron Jackson. Only Aaron. Yeah, Aren't he's I? written in with his nemesis subject which producer Amanda is going to reveal all now. And I am with you on this one, Aaron. I hate this one. Right. Well, um, I think this could be my nemesis as Mm. well because there's some slightly tricky uh, pronunciations. Doing this quiz, setting this quiz will be your nemesis. Absolutely. So it's on the subject of horse racing. So Lucy, you're not, that's not your favourite. Jenny, how are you feeling about that? Not great. Well, we shall see. Um, Cheltenham Gold Cup. Hey. Royal Ascot. I mean, you know, there's, uh, this is That's literally it. going to be my approach. That's all I've got. Kentucky something or other. Let's see how you do. Question number one. When Tiger Roll won the Grand National earlier this year, it became the first horse since Red Rum to win back-to-back Grand Nationals. See, all True. of the things I knew, you've just said in the question. True. Okay, well, we'll see how True. you get on. The feat has only been accomplished three times before. Name any of the three horses that did it. Okay, Buzz. Go on, Lucy. Nijinsky. No. <laughs> Just any time. So it's gonna, um, Horses I've heard of. Sea Biscuit. Uh, Red Marauder. <laughs> Just keep going. Um, if, if any of them appear, I'll Because it's going to be an older horse than Dobbin. Red Rum. <laughs> and I don't really know that much about Champion the Wonder before. Horse. Yeah. No, I've got Mr. Ed. Give us, a, give us an initial. That yeah, give us a clue. Can you well, there it? are three options. So let's say it's the... And it's a ranking in the army. The colonel, the major. The, the general. The colonel, you got that correct, oh, Lucy. You Would you like to say which years the colonel had the back-to-back wins? Uh, 1872 <laughs> and 1893. You are so close. I'm going to have to give <laughs> you this. It's 1869 and 1870. Oh, I, was going, yeah. I was going 1871, so... Fine. Do you want to know the other ones? I can't yeah, pronounce go on, them. Go on. Okay, Reynolds Town in 1935 and 1936. I can pronounce that. Mm-hmm. But here we go. Abd el-Qadir in 1850 and 1851. Wow. You did very well there, Abdel Qadir. Okay. Nice. So um, that I think that's the trickiest question, really. The I, most. I hope uh, so. I think Brutal. you both stand a really good chance of getting the next one. Okay. Question number two. Which race course hosts the Scottish Grand National Buzz. every year? Uh, yes. Yes. Actually, that is the only Scottish race course I've heard of. What other ones are there? She's looking. She's got nothing, listeners. <laughs> she's looking at me like... Uh, it's no. the only one I need to know about. Okay. Scotch Air. Yeah. So, one all. In the United States, the Triple Crown is won by any horse that wins the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness... Buzz! Jenny. Belmont Stakes. Correct. <gasps> so, didn't would you like me to finish the question? The question? I would, yes. I didn't. So, uh, in the United States, the Triple Crown is won by any horse that wins the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and which third race is held at the namesake race course in New York. And yeah. as Jenny correctly stated the Belmont Stakes I was kind of waiting for that question to come up but I just needed to know which I knew it would be and which other one Lucy I think you're going to get the next one I really do okay Nijinsky (laughs) (laughs) keep going Uh, question number four Toby Maguire is the star Buzz Buzz. (laughs) Jenny you got got in there first Seabiscuit it is Seabiscuit I'm going to say the question though but Uh, you did say the answer about four questions ago I know and I did think maybe if you got in there a 
little bit quicker. <laughs> I'll you get the point. I'll get the point. So the question is, Tobey Maguire is the star of which 2003 film based on a race between the eponymous horse and war admiral seen as the best horse in the world at the time as Jenny correctly said, it's Sea Biscuit. So I think... You're in the lead, Jenny, aren't oh, you? Oh, she's, she's leading by a furlong. She's galloping over the next fence. Diddly, diddly, ding, ding, ding. I don't know. I don't know. Are we on the flat or are we steeplechasing? I don't really I know. I think we're on the flat. To be honest, I'm knackered. I'm, I'm being melted You're down. You're being knackered, basically, yeah. You're in the factory already. Okay. <laughs> Both your legs are broken. Yeah. Just um, take me behind a tent and do what you need to do. That's <laughs> how I feel most days. Lucy, yeah. you can get this next Come one, on, though. Okay. Final question. Frankie Dettori famously won all seven races at the Buzz. British Jenny... <sighs> Come on, give us a chance. Uh, yes, but what year? Oh. <gasps> I remember the chance. Um, I'm galloping up on the rails. 2010. No, Lucy, your guess. Oh, I'm going to go one year either side because she looked like she was... Um, I'm going to give you the full question. Frankie Dettori famously won all seven races at the British Championships Day at Ascot. Which year was this? Oh... Well, I'm going to go a little bit earlier. I'm going to go 2008. No. Uh, Seven, nine. (coughs) We could be here a while. 13, 12. Uh, 2002. No. Other way, 14, 15. No, no, the other way from... Nine, Jenny said eight, 2002. Seven, go six, five, four, three. No, you're going the wrong way. You're oh. going the wrong way. <laughs> the yes. horse has run the wrong yes. way. Stuart's inquiry. I'll give you the decade, shall I? Yeah. 19, 90s. 1999. No. 1998. No. 1997. <laughs> I've just, my head is down now. How long has he been in a jacket? Keep going. You, oh, 95, 97. No, I can't six. believe you've missed it. It's 96. Yeah, he's still <laughs> going, the lad. He's still riding the horses. He's still going. Well, you know, you don't get any taller, do you? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you're still short, you can cling on. Is that not how it works? I always thought I could have been a jockey. (sighs) It's a missed opportunity. It's probably too late now. It's not too late. Frankie Dutari's still at it. I suppose, I suppose. 46. You can do it. Retrain. I mean, of all the things I thought I might retrain for, yeah. Do it. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, if there are any <laughs> trainers, trainers out there who are willing to take on a new apprentice jockey... I mean, I'm not particularly fit and um, I don't know anything about horse racing, but other than that, I'm very keen. I'm very willing. I'll bring my own oats. <laughs> I'll bring my own oats and jodpers. Um, Sugar lips. Uh, I've got a whip. <laughs> I haven't it's not really. going to that. I haven't got a whip. I just, you know, I just said that. Really. <laughs> Send it in tonight. Anyway, right. So, with that wonderful display of horse racing knowledge, I think, well, Jenny, you are a thoroughbred. <laughs> and I am a knackered old mare. So, thank Robin. you very much, Aaron Jackson. Thank you, Aaron. That was a great quiz. So, on the line with us now, we have the one and only, you may know him from the hit sitcom Not Going Out, which he was in for many, many years. You may know him as the winner of the best joke at the Edinburgh Fringe in not just 2010, but also 2014. (laughs) Or you may know him, as I do, as the best goddamn darts player on the comedy circuit. (laughs) That's how I think of you, Tim Vine. It's Tim Vine! Hello, how are you both? Splendid. Lovely Lovely to hear you. It's lovely to be here. Um, And I have been treating myself yeah. to re-watching the bits of whittle that I can find. There's not well, without, without knowing it, doubling the overall ratings. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, do you know, it, I have such affection for it because I remember it well at the time. And looking back, I mean, oh my goodness, the baby-faced, floppy-haired, <laughs> oh, suited Tim Vine. I know, I know. So there was do something we... slightly too big about some of those jackets, are there? <laughs> well, it was very much a look of its time, wasn't it? it yes, really it was, was very much. Yeah, yeah. And that... I had, I had hair in a sort of. Um... Well, I had hair, but it was uh, <laughs> in a kind of curtain thing with a very unapologetic centre parting, which was... I feel like I'm always apologising now for. <laughs> no, it, was, it was evocative <laughs> of the era. It really yeah. was say. the hair curtain of the, uh, of the late 90s <laughs> that we also enjoyed. And now you look like you were having a great time on Whittle. Oh, it was great fun, yeah. And we did, we did um, two blocks of 65. <gasps> and um, so I, and I think that there was a, probably a, a pilot in there somewhere as well. So I think the total was 132 of them I did. Good. In what space of time then did you? Um, well, we're doing five a day, so it was two blocks of three weeks. Wow, yeah. that's intensive. quite an output, isn't it? And that's a, see, yeah. for most quiz show hosts, that's like a fairly intense job. But when you look at Whittle and the amount of jokes that you were telling, <laughs> then one thing I learned that I that, that uh, I thought to myself, well, there's an audience, so I can do some jokes. But but all the audience have all got their buzzers and you know their, their little sort of whatever you call that thing they hold with the buttons on it yes. um, and uh, of course so they're concentrating on that it's a bit like when you do countdown it's a similar sort of thing normal countdown mm-hmm. I mean you throw jokes at these people and they're all concentrating on the game <laughs> so it's a little yes. bit of a swirling wind around the jokes you know? yeah. I'm not here to laugh I'm here to quiz yes well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. even from hosting pub quizzes and attending pub quizzes I know that there's there's nothing worse than when you try and land a joke to a room <laughs> there's, there's, the never, there's never an optimum place to do it the, the only time you can do it at the very beginning before the thing starts yes yeah well, you did have a brilliant thing as well. So for um, anyone who hasn't seen Whittle, do look it out on YouTube. But so it was 100 contestants who you whittled down to yes. a final winner who would win £250 or £500. That's right, £250 for the possibility of doubling it. I know. <laughs> and they wanted that money. They really did. They and really it, did. It was huge as well. The thing that um, I noticed was the set. They do like a reverse shot of the set. And it's mm. so big because you just think, yeah, 100 people. Got to squeeze 100 it's people. Ma- it was like the UN. Or, you know, it looks well, extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the synod, maybe, or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, <laughs> but, it, but it's, but it's those, those wide-angle um, cameras, though, they do make places look bigger. Yeah. It was actually quite intimate. It wasn't... Uh, I mean, it was only 100 people. Was it, was it Maidstone? <laughs> in Maidstone, yeah. And, you know, it was originally... It was called... Because they did a, a 25 of them on ITV before it ever came to... Uh, to Channel 5 and it was called Everybody's Equal and uh, Chris Tarrant hosted it and when I was asked whether I, I was interested in doing it I said I said yeah I'd love to do it I said uh, I've got to say that the title Everybody's Equal sounds more like a description than a title so it was my idea to come up with Whittle which some people thought was Whittle what do you mean Whittle I said, well, it's, it's, it's got a bit more punchy than Everybody's Equal so I was really pleased when they took that up actually it was lovely because it was a lovely fun name for yeah. fun yeah. and the thing that I really loved was at the beginning as you say because you had the you know the, you had the floor at the beginning and mm. you would always do a different catchphrase <laughs> that's right yeah yeah <laughs> And we tried, genius. I think, in series two, I think the actual the idea of people joining in at home dawned on someone, so it came up on the screen as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was slightly baffling. In fact, one of the ones that's on YouTube, the catchphrase that you do at the beginning is, are you listening, Donald Trump? Oh, really? Yeah. Is it really? It chilled me to my very marrow. I was like, was what did the, he what? know back in 1997, <laughs> Wow, well, was that the answer to the catchphrase or the beginning of it? Uh, that was that was your bit. That was what you That shared. was my bit. What was the answer to I that? I remember. Yes. I'll have to go back. <laughs> yes, I now rule the world. Yes. They all just got a sort of glassy, hypnotised look, and uh, that's how he swept well, We have one where they, because um, they, they, they had to get... 
you know, five lots of 100, okay, t- basically you have the same audience, but 10 people come out each time. So, so over, it means you've got to, I suppose it means you've got to have 150 people in a day, doesn't it, probably? Yeah. Wow. If you do the math. Yeah, you get, rid, the of, get rid of 10 every time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, well, there, it was quite hard to get hold of that many people. Yeah, and, and um, they, <laughs> yeah, there was There is one where they went to, where they had uh, a Japanese language school and they'd got some students. And basically, most of the people in the audience couldn't speak English. <laughs> so they were, they were told, someone had to translate the director's um, information and to say that, you know, you press one of these buttons. Um, and we ended up with someone who got through just randomly by pressing buttons to the last <laughs> 10 who couldn't speak English. And so, bless him, I felt, I felt rather sorry for him, really, because the first question was supposed to be like, everyone stays in for the first question because there's only 10 people in. And it was something like, which one of these girls' names is also a Christmas song? And of course, die people said Carol. And this poor uh, Japanese student who couldn't speak English, I think he pressed something like Louise or something. <laughs> he was out. <laughs> Although I have to say, I mean, the, the, often the intellectual standard of the contestants was that much greater yeah. the one that I watched because I remember thinking at the time because they always used to pick out four I, I I love the thing it was the computer has picked out four people yeah. that they think are the ones to watch and I, you know you look back the and four you go, to oh, follow yeah, yeah four to follow that's it yeah and you think oh yeah. that was a very sophisticated computer for the late <laughs> 90s and they had to wear a yellow fez Yes. Oh, yes, that's right. And then there was yeah. the mask, obviously. And the mask as well. Is, yeah, I yeah. I think that's a beautiful low-tech solution. <laughs> it was a bit... Uh, again, it's quite analogue, isn't it, to make people put on a mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, but you see, I wish there was more of that kind of punk ethos to game yeah. shows now, because there was Yeah, no, I agree. Well, of- another thing that happened on that show was because the this whole second half was whittling down ten contestants, so you had to not be too... You know, too tricky with the questions too early. Otherwise, it got down to too few people. Yeah. And uh, there was one occasion when, on one, they did the first question, and then there was a sort of tape stop. And I thought, oh, what's happened here? And someone came out to me and said, um, "Tim, um, basically, we've got a winner." Um, for the, so you're going to have to fill 13 minutes. <laughs> so I, I sort of did my act, I think. Oh, uh, brilliant. That's well, a platform. You know, exactly, a, a Channel 5 afternoon audience. Um, I did, I picked out one question, right? So this was mm. when we still had a fair amount of people in. In fact, I'm going to have to do the maths. Mm. But um, the question was, what kind of food is gazpacho, right? And the oh, options yeah. were refried beans, floury pancakes, kosher meatballs, or soup, right? Oh, okay, right. Now, I think I would know from, from 2019. I'm not sure I would have known at the time. Yeah, so, hang on. So there were... What would you go? Well, at this stage... Right, now I know the answer to this, and I know yeah. Jen does because she knows the answer to everything. So mm-hmm. at this stage, I think there were 54 contestants left in. Right. So I want you to tell me roughly... So what kind How of many? Is this, it's soup, is it? Is it soup? It's soup, it is soup, it is soup. Yeah, so yeah. of 54 contestants, how many correctly identified it as soup? Well, I'm going to say I can't believe it's less than 20. Okay, and what do you think, Jen? Um, so I'm say 20. I'm going, to, I'm going to go 24. It was 27. Oh, They've actually done it? a lot better. See, I was using this question as an illustration <laughs> of how poor they were. But, but if actually, it was, you know... That's, but then we didn't well, that's really, not too bad. We didn't have gaspacho back in the 90s, really. No, no, you probably no, get no. it as a, as a shot in a trendy restaurant yeah. these days before you make You would, you'd have a gazpacho shop. But more yeah. importantly, Tim, can you tell yes. me what was the joke you followed up oh. that question <laughs> with? What kind of food is gazpacho? Well, what would that have suggested to you? It would have been a joke about soup, would it? Yeah, it's, um, it's sort of dining. It's about dining. About dining. Um, was it at the start I went to this restaurant? Yes, it did. <laughs> um, so 
So I went to this restaurant. Um, <laughs> do you know what? It's re- uh, this, this is quite sad, but I have actually got a list of all the jokes I did on Whittle somewhere on the cupboard on the stairs. Have you? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, please, will I you get them so. out? And we can do... <laughs> Let me just have a little look if I can see it. Find that, actually. Yeah, um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, remind me what the, the next bit of the joke is. I'm now in the cupboard under the stairs having a look for you. OK, <laughs> so I went to a restaurant the other day and yes. a policeman walked in. <laughs> what happened? Is, that, to is the next bit give it away? Something happened. Yes, I the, think the so. policeman walked in and something happened to the policeman. He got uh, oh, did it? What's the next couple of words? A policeman walked in and fell over. I thought that's something, something, something. <laughs> no, you said something. <laughs> I went to a restaurant the other day and a policeman walked in and fell over. I said it's all right. I'll pick up the bill. I've got the file here, Mark Whittle. <laughs> oh my gosh, right. this is amazing. So Whittle. Hit us with a couple of Whittle jokes then, please. Yeah, let's just yeah, let's have a look what I've got here. Look, this is, uh, it's quite exciting, actually. Live from right, Tim's okay. Whittle jokes, uh, Mason, February 14th to March 4th. This is me and John Archer. We used to write these things together. Wow. Uh, people with the middle names, the... It must be, oh yeah, you know what, Henry VIII, uh, Richard Lionheart, Engelbert, Humperdinck, <laughs> have all got the middle names there. That doesn't quite make sense. I don't, <laughs> no, that's I don't, good, some that's of these good. Are, some of these are paraphrased, I think. Yes. Um, Paris, black, looks like, it's like black coal with onions. <laughs> 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 that's the second one on the list. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, part, um, Great Far of London, and then it says Great... I've got a bigger garden. I don't understand half of these. <laughs> no, that makes sense. No, oh, the bloke at the back of the marathon with the Union Jack. I thought he's flagging. Hey! Uh, see, no, Pi R squared called round to the Circle's house. He said I was in the area. Uh-huh. I, mean, it, I mean, it's yeah. nice. bring back Whittle. Bring back Whittle. <laughs> he's still got the jokes. Come on, yeah. we could revive not only the format, but also the jokes. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah, and it's actually it's 245 jokes listed here. I don't know what, which... Uh, which one that was, but mm. it might have been. Crikey, I've even got, look at this, I've, I've even got here, I just randomly, Whittle, show two, I can tell you what question one was of show two. Oh, what wow. substance makes plants green? Chlorophyll. Correct. You're supposed to wait for the... Uh, <laughs> 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 supposed to come on, format. Yeah. Oh, is, format it, is, it, is it Gazpaccio? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just chloroform. Cappuccino is one of them. Yes. Um, cochineal, what's cochineal? That's a food colouring. Is it? And then chlorophyll. Oh, and then good. the joke I put is my neighbour was painting his front door purple. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm moving house. Hey. Oh, do you know what? It's been... Aww. Well, I would happily watch Whittle again if they asked you back, if uh, <laughs> if they got in touch, if Channel 5 said it's time for a revival. Any interest? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Nowadays, I shy away from doing those shows where you have to do an enormous number. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I love the idea of... If someone said to me, let's do Whittle as a weekly show and just do ten of them, I'd go, yeah! yeah. yeah. Said, need... Let's do 700. I'd go, well... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what we need is we need a primetime celebrity Whittle yes. that's just one a week. So it's just What a great big... idea. Celebrity Whittle. Celebrity Whittle. What a great idea. Because right. celebrities are much easier to find, so you could get a hundred. No oh, problem. You need a hundred. Yeah, it's fine. But you yeah. could get everyone who's ever been on Geordie Shaw, Towie and uh, Made in Chelsea. That's your... You're already 100 there. Yeah. Straight away. That'd be, a, that'd be a fun thing to do, though, wouldn't it? But isn't there something else that has lots of... Uh, what's that thing that's on a Saturday night and, and it's kind of big... Oh, there's Impossible. Impossible. 
Oh yeah, yeah exactly. it's got hundred people in it. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for talking to a us. Pleasure, lovely to meet you both. And Take thanks care. for the jokes. You, Lots of love. <laughs> Bye. Right, guys, that is the end of this particular episode. And another peep behind the curtain. Well, I very much enjoyed listening to Adam and his tales of, of you know, Anne Robinson actually being quite nice. Yeah. Uh, and Whittle, I'm really in favour of bringing Whittle back now. Bring back Whittle. Mainstream, prime time. Whittle, yeah. Whittle on one. That's oh. what I'm looking for. Whittle on one. Uh, so thank you to Tim Vine for that. And also thank you to Aaron Jackson for... His London, 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 horse racing. Obviously, from that. I was just doing the action. She was. She was riding a horse. I was riding a horse just to demonstrate her future jockey ability. There we go. Strong thighs. Listen to those thighs. Look, like rocks. All right. Well, guys, thank you for listening to my thighs. The sound of Lucy's thighs. Is a production. They will be back next week. Oh, actually, they're quite sore now. Anyway. Right, yes. Thank you very much for listening to Fingers on Buzzers. See you next time. Bye. Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Potter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. (laughs) 